Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. So uh, we are moving along swiftly with the many interesting guests uh, that we have on the show. And uh, we haven't chatted him for a while because we've had a, a, a few breaks for the last couple of weeks. So I'm very happy to welcome back Rob Hutchinson to the show to chat to us about what's going on in Parliament. How are you doing, Rob? Very well in yourself, Benji. I'm doing fantastic, thank you. And, uh, you know, you would have thought December, the politicians, like the rest of us, want to go on holiday, but, but apparently not. Apparently there's uh, lots of things to be commented upon. Absolutely there is. Well, I think they, they do want to go on holiday. That's why they, they push everything out right now, all at the same time, so that they can, and then leave <laughs> us to deal with the mess as they normally do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So... so so let's talk, jump straight into some of those, uh, uh, Rob. So, so, so the big one, which I think, not the big one, but one of the ones which I'm sure is going to get a few people annoyed immediately, uh, is ESCOM. They want more money. They do indeed. Yeah. So ESCOM, uh, took NERSA to court for their, their recent RCA uh, application. And what the RCA is, it's a system that allows, allows uh, ESCOM to claw back costs that are associated to cost projections. So they have a three-year cost projection, and if their sales don't meet the projections, then they're allowed to claw back on on what they do through through this through this RCA process, which is pretty controversial in in itself. I mean, I'd like to see another company that has a similar process to that. They can say, "Oh, we get to project this many sales, and then we don't meet it, and then we can just claim back the losses from the public." But be that as it may. Um, they applied for an increase to cover those costs, and NERSA didn't grant them the the entire increase on your percentage thereof. So they took, uh, so ESCOM took the National Energy Regulator to to court, and they won the case actually. So now the National Energy Regulator has to publish ESCOM's new tariff applications. For, for public comment, and that will result in an increase in electricity tariffs across the board. Now, let me just ask this quickly, um, Rob, because it seems to me like a bit strange, right? So, fine, you, you explained this is odd process, but ESCOM has been having all of these power outages, it's running blackouts, where by definition it's not providing sales because, you know, it's not capable of providing the electricity. So, are, are, is load shedding, would it be included in the in the sort of a suite of of, of potential clawbacks. Yeah, yes, it is in the in the methodology. It's quite an extensive way that they they work it out. Um, so they they project how much load shedding they're going to have, and they project how many sales they're going to have from that, and they never get it right. They always have an over projection, which is which makes business sense at the end of the day, but it doesn't make sense to to the consumer if if load shedding. Is way more than than they say or than they predict, then they can claw back the the losses associated to that as well. So, yes, so NERSA actually wants to scrap the whole RCA um, idea and and move on to a different methodology, but they didn't haven't managed to finalise that in in time yet. So the court has said that they still have to use the RCA um, methodology, and then they allowed ESCOM to to claw back the the costs at at the rate that ESCOM wanted. Yeah, that is kind of bizarre. So we don't do our jobs, we don't um, provide you electricity, and then we're going to effectively charge the mm. public for not doing our jobs. 
Exactly. It is rather concerning. But that's, I'm sure, why it, why Dosa wants to revise that whole strategy. But yeah. for now, for now it remains. So, so is there any way that uh, people can comment on this or is it just something that you guys are following? No, no, it is, it is an official comment, uh, process. So the court has actually said that NERSA must publish ESCOM's application by Wednesday, this Wednesday, and then allow the public, um, 30 to 40 days to, to comment thereon. And then they'll have to go through the whole application process again. So they'll have to consider public input, stakeholder input, and, and so on. ESCOM will apply for, let's say, a 10%, and then NERSA will, will grant them and less than that, depending on what the public input is. Well, okay, so that's uh, that's interesting. If you want to, you want to talk about that. Now, um, the next one, which is uh, which is kind of important, is the uh, is this issue of vaccines. So we've got a new wave. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff we're seeing. I think Uncle Sorrel is talking tonight, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and. And so the, and so the, the, there's a whole question around this issue of vaccine mandates. We've seen it in some of the private sector. Um, there, there hasn't re- government hasn't really said anything on it so far. They've kind of just left it up to business to deal with. Uh, but it is because I think of this new variant suddenly getting a, a big uptake in discussion. Uh, so, so is, are we seeing suddenly a more kind of public process orientated element around this problem? Yes, definitely. There's, there's a lot of talking. I mean, we must have, everyone has certainly seen it in, in the media about lots of companies, corporates and government institutions, trade unions and so on calling for mandatory vaccinations because of the Omicron variant. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't, which isn't, it's a highly contagious variant, but it doesn't appear to be uh, dangerous at all. It's quite a mild variant. Nonetheless, government is, Considering it, um, President Ramaphosa has put together a task team, and the task team's uh, mandate is to discuss the mandatory vaccinations and the implementation thereof. They have said that they will be drafting a policy regarding mandatory vaccinations, and uh, if, if anything, if global trends are anything to go by, they will definitely introduce a mandatory vac- vaccine. Um, policy of some sort alongside a, 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 a passbook which will allow you uh, access into certain areas, certain services and and so on. So, so I want to chat more about that, Rob. We're just going to take a short hmm. break. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Hi FM chatting to Rob Hutchinson uh, from dear South Africa. So Rob, I mean, I think that you know, this is this issue of the the mandatory vaccines or or, or vaccine mandates and certain things is is something which is kind of been building for a while, uh, and and I think it, it it is if they if they take a very stringent approach, it, it could cause quite a, a massive public outcry. Without a doubt, I mean, uh, although a couple of unions, Kusat uh, in, in in particular, have have supported it, they originally they originally came out against it. Um, as did um, Santaco, the one of the biggest taxi associations. However, both have now uh, both have now um, uh, capitulated and are now supporting it and actually calling it calling for mandatory vaccines on their on their members and on the general public. However, there are a, a few other unions that have said 
um, there's no way that they will implement this or force it on on their on their members. And um, they've warned of unrest, which uh, is is visible throughout the throughout the world, where this type of policy has been has been introduced. And that's quite concerning because you know we do, we have um, what should I say uncivilized unrest in South Africa rather than civilized unrest. So you know we've got to be rather careful of of how government does does choose to do this and implement a mandatory vaccination policy if they do choose to do so. However, it will it will have to go out for for public comment as all policy does. So we do have an opportunity there as a general public to to have our say on the matter. Yeah, and 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 it's it's it's, it's also there's a lot of nuance because it's you know in in some places like in in Europe they're forcing people to take vaccines and other places it's lockdowns just for unvaccinated people. In some places it's, they've they've taken just a private uh, sector only approach. So there's actually also a lot. There's it's not a, a sort of black and white issue in some respects. There it is actually uh, quite a quite a, f- a few approaches to it that that. Uh, that you can take, which are not one one thing or the other. Exactly, and they, we've tried that in South Africa before. Government has placed pressure on a lot lot of large uh, corporates, and we, we won't name them right now. But they have um, also uh, introduced workplace mandatory vaccination, which will fall under labour laws and and so on, which bypasses the the constitutional concerns that many people have about mandatory vaccinations. However, um, as we go forward. There is section 36 of the constitution, which does allow government to introduce, um, policies that might infringe on people's, on people's rights if it's in the best interest of, of the public at large. So that, that would be the argument going forward. Government would have to convince, convince everyone that this is, uh, in the best interest of the public at large. And then they can introduce mandatory vaccinations from that point on. Yeah, very, very interesting. And assuming all of this stuff on the website, people can go and uh, and have a look, Rob? Absolutely. As always, on dearsouthafrica.co.za, you can go there, click on the campaign you want, want to participate in and have your say. And it's sent to government immediately and influences policy before it's implemented. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, and uh, we'll chat to you again next week. Fantastic, Benji. Have a fantastic week ahead. Thank you so much, uh, Rob Hutchinson there.